You're listening to Behind the Impact, the podcast that looks at how the most philanthropic companies on the planet are making impact as told by the very change makers that make it happen. Hello and welcome to episode number two of Behind the Impact. In today's episode, Alyssa May, the Director of Employee Volunteerism at Salesforce, joins me to talk a little bit about how Salesforce gives back as a company. This is a great episode. Sit back and enjoy. Alyssa, welcome to Behind the Impact. Well, just so delighted to be here that you asked me to do this, Jeremy. Thank you. Oh, it's my pleasure. We go back how many years now? Like three, four, five years? I don't know. It's been like 500, I think. <laughs> it seems like <laughs> that uh, But to set up some context for the listeners, what I would like to do is to learn more about your social impact journey and how you got to Salesforce and what you're doing at Salesforce. If you can give a little bit of background on that, that'd be fantastic to start off with. Sure. So I do get asked the question, you know, how did you get into the social impact profession? Um, and my response is usually it's it's been a circuitous, a long and circuitous journey for sure. And not really to bore you with the entire timeline of my life. Um, what I will say is that after working in the nonprofit space for over 10 years, I really, I made a very intentional and mindful decision around like what I really wanted to do to have impact in the world. And I just felt like I wasn't quite getting there in the nonprofit space. So I knew that the skill set that I had gained in the nonprofit world would be able to be applied in a different setting that may have access to more resources, may have access to more people power. Um, and where I landed was really in the corporate social responsibility space. Um, and, you know, a few things, I would say a few steps along the way really added to my success at Salesforce today. And I'll just mention a few of those. So. I really, I wouldn't be nearly as successful in the work that I'm doing now um, without the groundwork I had laid in the community, working in the community in the nonprofit space. So that is huge. Um, and it's just the perspective that I'm able to come at the work from um, is key when we're talking about servicing the community through the work that we do. Um, I also had a step along the way at the Super Bowl 50 host committee. I can't believe this year it was five years since we did that Super Bowl. Um, but that really taught me how to scale very quickly um, and think about individual, the individual experience, but also be able to provide that to 1,000, 2,000, 5,000, 15,000 people. Um, so those are two. And then the third that I think really has added to my success at Salesforce has been the work that I've been doing for the past I think it's been six six or so years now consulting with startups to really bring social impact into the fabric of their business models. So from the get-go, thinking about how to best work it into their uh, business models. And that's, I mean, that just gives me some really interesting perspective in terms of the entrepreneur space, but also how do you scale a company and what are you thinking about and what are your priorities and how do you make sure that um, you're, you know, thinking about developing your product and developing staff, but also having a social impact plant. And um, so I, th I would say those are the three things that have really gotten me to where I am today. And so coming from the nonprofit sector, 
and then going to Salesforce. What was that journey like? Because there's a lot of individuals that I talk to that are in the nonprofit space and they want to get into the corporate space, but they're having challenges. You know, as you know, it's a competitive space and it's also small in terms of the, the amount of open roles that are available. What was that journey like for you to get from nonprofit to for-profit? Yeah, I mean, as I, as I mentioned, I, I made a very intentional decision that I wanted to shift to that space when I left the nonprofit world. And it's not like I applied at Salesforce the next day and I got the job. I wish I could say that was the case. <laughs> um, you know, it was actually about five years that it took me to get to where I am. Um, so, and I, not to say that, you know, others won't have a different experience, but that's my own lived experience. And, uh, you know, it was, it, and those steps that I mentioned along the way really got me to, to being able and prepared to be successful in the role that I'm in now. So I don't think if I had left the nonprofit world and gone straight to Salesforce, I would have been nearly as successful. So um, I started my consulting practice right after I left. And I was like, I need to learn more about the business space. I need to learn more about, you know, how do you scale a company? Um, so that's the work that I was doing. And then, um, you know, going to the Super Bowl was also part of that journey. And, you know, it wasn't quite, you know, there quite yet as their director of volunteers. But, you know, I was kind of building the relationships in the community here um, to get there and built some really great relationships with companies um, in the Bay Area through that and kind of got my next role after that. And then Salesforce came around and it was, um, you know, just right time, right place. You know, there's a lot of timing that's involved in these sort of roles. And um, what I will say is that I applied for a role at Salesforce um, and I got I got turned down. I was like, they were like, nope, this isn't the right role for you. Like, you don't have the correct experience. And I was crushed. I was just crushed. I was like, this was my dream job and I didn't get it. Um, and the recruiter called me back like a week later. She's like, oh, a role just popped up that I think would be perfect for you. Um, and that's how this role came to be but yeah a lot of it is about timing like you said these roles are few and far between i just feel so so incredibly fortunate and privileged and honored to be able to do the work um that i do today so yeah that's a little little more color and context there and so you mentioned your consulting uh, that you do with startups now a lot of the people that are in the social impact world community um, and even startups give back community are part of the, the startup ecosystem and they want to figure out how to get their their companies to start giving back but the executives just it's not on their radar right now and so basically they punt it and you know wait until later on down the road to figure it out from your perspective and when you're consulting and talking to these startups how do you how do you go into those organizations or now virtually uh, and talk to the executives about the value of social impact and, you know, the value of having a program in place, you know, really early on in the, in the company's existence. You know, that conversation five or six years ago was uh, a little tougher than it is today. I will have to say, um, I think that most people are starting to understand the value and benefit for having this sort of programming. Um, 
before there was a lot more convincing, a lot more data that you needed to show, a lot kind of like Edelman survey sort of thing. Um, but that conversation has definitely shifted in the past years. And, you know, startup founders understand they need to have it. They just don't know how. They're just kind of like, I don't know how to do this. Like, what do I do? What's the best way to do it? How do I start it? Um, and the question that I always return to for them is, like, how do you want to be remembered on this planet? It's kind of a morbid one, um, you know, something that, but it sparks and spurs a lot of interesting introspective thought. Um, and that really lays the groundwork for them to start to build something that they can get behind and be excited about. So because if they say, well, I just want my daughter to have have access to an amazing education and be able to um, live in a world that, you know, she doesn't have to worry about the climate or the earth, you know, and so that, you know, there's pieces there that you can draw out that you know that that executive is going to be really, really committed to. Um, and then it, it's, it's about their business. Like, what is their business model at the heart of it? And how is that going to help to support in the community and social impact space? You have to kind of find that, that nice that fit in that what makes sense. Um, so, yeah, I just I, I think the conversation's gotten has has evolved for sure over time, which is an exciting evolution. Um, yeah, and that's just kind of how we start the conversation, and then it it really spawns from there. And it's always about baby steps, especially in the non or in the startup space. It's kind of like you don't have to build an entire like program right off the bat. It's like it's the work you're doing. It's start give back like have your employees go and volunteer. Like that's a really good first step. You know, like think about how you're going to finance some of this in the future. Like it doesn't have to be all all out like strategic grant making and, you know, everything at the get go. It's just starting and kind of taking those baby steps to get to a place that eventually when you are profitable and you have revenue that you can start to think about putting in, you know, into some of these programs, you'll have a good sense for where that you want that to go. That's such a good point because I feel like that's that's the 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 wall that keeps executives from really pulling the trigger on social impact is they think they are, that they do so many different things, and like you said, you can keep it very very simple and just take baby steps and get something started. That's such a fantastic point, and that also segues me into Salesforce. Now, when it comes to like the the upper echelon of what a philanthropic company should look like. I always put Salesforce at the top of the totem pole. That's like the North Star, in my opinion, for a lot of a lot of companies. And so what I want to get into is more around, A, your role as the director of employee volunteerism, and then B, since Salesforce.org is such a much larger organization now, it's evolved over time, would love to learn more about the structure and how the team thinks about giving back as an organization. So we can start, we can start with uh, your role at the company right now. Yeah. Um, so as you said, I'm the director of employee volunteerism. And what that means for us is that um, I sit on a global team that really is there to service and support our employees in giving back to the community, however that shows up for them, whatever they're passionate about. 
we definitely serve in a, in a consulting capacity. We are, you know, we are looked at as the subject matter experts and we empower and really give the keys to our employees to drive these programs. Um, the programs were born out of our employees drive in the education and workforce development space. They continue to be driven by a lot of our employees' interest areas um, and the work that we do. So day to day, you know, that's that's what what my what I'm here to do and what my team is here to do. So I have an incredible team um, that sits in a number of markets throughout a region that we call AMER, which includes the United States, Latin America, and Canada. And then I have counterparts in other regions of the world um, to support the work. And we are so, so blessed and privileged to have the number of staff that we do because I know in other companies, um, they just don't have that that level of, of coverage. And um, so, you know, the work that we do is, um, it's it, you know, we're able to distribute it and service employees a little bit more like in, in, a, in a more one-on-one -on -one fashion than we would be able to if we were, it was only one of me for the entire world sort of thing. Um, yeah, and so, I mean, I sit on a larger philanthropy team and we have different business units that fall into that team, employee volunteerism being one of those, we have our grant making folks that um, focus on our strategic grant making. We have our community impact and those that's kind of our external facing events. We have operations. We have um, our workforce development work, which are the subject matter experts in that space and our education work that we do. And we have strategic um, global relationships that we maintain as well. So it's a pretty large team, like I said, um, and we have different unit business units that sit on it and then um, you know, we used to be part of Salesforce.org and now they are actually a specific vertical and industry within the um, larger product organization that we have. So Salesforce.org um, focuses on the nonprofit and education product space. So we have our education cloud, our nonprofit cloud, and our philanthropy cloud. So the work that they do is really supporting our products and the product donation and our discounted products across um, those different verticals. Um, but we also have a really robust pro bono program that falls under that. And that's employees supporting the, um, you know, ensuring that our product has maximum impact and with the nonprofits that are using it. And our employees support that, which is really is really huge because it's kind of like a, we try to make it a wraparound model. So we want to empower people with the full power of Salesforce, whether you know they're they have our donated licenses or our discounted licenses. We want to make sure that they're successful. And so, when you say employees are involved in that process, it, does that mean that? They're kind of consultants on their own right, in the sense that they're helping nonprofits use a the product. They are, and they're they're very discreet projects. I will say it's kind of it's a one on one um, relationship, and it's one employee that is doing like a twenty hour, um, up to twenty hour project with an organization. So it's not like we're going to figure out your entire implementation of your entire um, Salesforce ecosystem. Um, it's kind of helping bit by bit to make sure that that they're successful on the product. And now you mentioned that so you're you're in charge of Latin America, Canada, and America in terms of employee volunteerism. There's a lot of employees at Salesforce. 
And <laughs> there's, I'm sure there's a lot of interest in terms of what causes uh, employees are interested in. How do you manage that? Like, how do you, how do you ensure that everyone's interest is being heard and they're given the opportunity to pursue different ways of making that impact in that particular cause? A really good question and one that just keeps me up most nights <laughs> when we talk about the number of employees and then when we announce another acquisition, I'm like, how many people is that? Oh man. Um, so what I will say is that over the past year, we've gone through a pretty um, involved process and we're on the other end of it now. We actually just announced it, but the idea being that we're here to bring community and opportunity together, period. Like that's what we're here to do. And the way that the employee volunteerism team does that is we put the keys in our employees' hands to be able to do that. And so when you bring those two things together, you create an environment where things are thriving and there's just amazing things that can come of it. Um, but to your question of like, how do you make sure that all the employees kind of like are able to follow their own passions? So that was really what we looked at. We, we realized that giving back is so personal. It's similar to that question that you ask a startup founder, like, what do you want to be remembered for? Like, it's very personal to you. You may have a family member that was stricken with some horrible disease that you want to make sure that you are supportive of those efforts. Um, you may, you know, have a, a, a passion like myself. I work with young people and I help to support them um, in the technology space to kind of get into the, into the world of technology. Um, so we went through this whole process over the past year to develop what we're calling now. And we just rolled out last week, which is very exciting, the citizen philanthropy experience for our employees. So this approach was developed after talking to hundreds of stakeholders inside and outside of Salesforce. And it's an experience that really leverages our benefits, which are very generous at Salesforce. Like I said, we're very, very fortunate. So every employee has seven days paid to volunteer in the community. They have up to $5,000 in matching gifts. And this philanthropy, citizen philanthropy experience really looks to recognize and reward their efforts along the way, whatever cause they're looking to support. So kind of the coolest components of this experience, in my opinion, are that there are some milestone and incentives built in in kind of traditional Salesforce fashion, if folks know about Trailhead and, you know, the badging and those sort of incentives. Um, so we built that in to educate and enable our employees to have maximum impact in the community. So a few examples of those milestones, just to kind of bring some color to it and bring it to light are like, I volunteer and I donate to an organization. Because when we were having these conversations with our community partners, that was something that was really important for them in terms of impact. And I get that donation match. So that's like a triple threat right there, right? Like you give your time, you give your money, and then the company gives money, it's huge. Um, some other examples are like, I've had repeat engagements with the same nonprofit. So that's an indicator for us for impact because you're, you're embedding and creating a relationship with a nonprofit that's sustainable over time. Um, another example, I organize volunteer events with my team. 
another huge thing at Salesforce that happens quite often. And we want to recognize the people that do that. It's a lot of work. You know that. Jeremy, you're the first one who knows that. Putting together these events are no joke. Um, so we want to recognize that. And maybe one more example, like I serve on a nonprofit board, which is also just a hugely impactful thing that um, anyone can do. And I highly recommend that you do it. Um, and it just kind of gives you some really great insight into the fiduciary duties that are involved in running a nonprofit and understanding, you know, kind of the inner workings of a nonprofit. So those are a few of them. And once an employee reaches five of these milestones, they're entered into a lottery where they can win some money and give that money to the charity of their choice. There's some other incentive, cool incentives built in there that really focus on our strategic focus areas. And this is kind of, this is all just the behaviors that we want to reinforce in the community that we've been, you know, really thinking about over the past year. So we listened, like I said, and now we've implemented it into this citizen philanthropy experience. So yeah, back to your question of like, how are we making sure that it's personal? Like these are the ways and the mechanisms in which people can be, our employees can be rewarded for having impact in the community, whatever cause they have or whatever passion there is. So you're really using gamification to incentivize employees to to give back and participate on an ongoing basis. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, it's gamification, but it's also kind of education and behavior change as well, which is is a tough thing to do. I think we, we've I think in the corporate community, the the two most reported things that you see about CSR programming is like volunteer hours and dollars donated. And we know that one hour somewhere equals so much impact in some cases than eight hours somewhere else. So we just want to make sure that, you know, our employees understand that and are rewarded for, you know, the things that they're doing that may not equate to you know, a large amount of hours, but could be really hugely impactful, like one hour with a young person helping them with their college application or something like that. So one thing I want to go back to is you consulting with startups. There are a number of people who will be listening to this podcast who are either just starting a social impact program or have like an inkling of an idea of creating one, but they don't know where to start. So knowing what you know now based off of your experience and based on, you know, working at Salesforce for so many years, if you had to go and work at a startup and create a social impact program from scratch, where would you start? It's such an exciting prospect and it's the awesome conversations I get to have with these startups. Um, My recommendations are usually twofold. So what we talked about before, baby steps, that's always like, that's first and foremost, like, what are you most comfortable with? You know, what sort of resources do you have available at your company at this moment in time? And that will definitely, will build some sort of strategy to grow and flex with you um, and to expand with you. But the two things that I, I most often come to the table with is that you must have a ground up and a top down approach. So what I mean by that is you're going to want to get the the feedback from the people that are working for you at your company and understand what they're passionate about. And that's huge, but you also need to be bought into it from a leadership level and supporting it. Um, And without both of those, 
you cannot be successful. And I think that's why Salesforce, actually, I know that's why Salesforce has been so successful because you have both of those in a very strong way. Um, so that's one, one bit of advice that I, I say, you know, listen to the people that are, that are working with you right now and understand what they're excited and passionate about and support that um, as a leader. So that's, that's huge. It's just walking the walk, really. And our executives do it every single day, which is just amazing. And then the other thing that I usually say is like, there's an education piece to this and an, and an enablement piece to this, just like when you're enabling someone in sales or, you know, customer success, you know, not everyone comes to your company with a fully baked philanthropic giving strategy. You know, they're not coming, you know, they're not going to be experts in this. So you really need to be able to have someone on board that can help to serve in a kind of a consulting capacity and enable your employees to be responsible and impactful citizens in the community because not everybody has done that, you know, has been giving back their entire life. And you want to be able to bring that to life for them. But it's so, so huge to have you know, some education and enablement around this um, to get people kind of set on a, on, a, on a good path. So ground up, top down, but um, also being able to provide some education and enablement along the way. And those are two things I think I just, I usually start with um, when, I'm, when I'm having the conversation. What if you have the ground level solid Right, the employees want to do this, but the executive team hasn't fully bought in yet. Do, is there any recommendation you can give somebody who, maybe it's just one employee or a team of employees that really want to do social impact, want to have a program in place? What kind of advice would you give them to basically educate the executives around the value of social impact and why this is actually needed at the company? That's tough. It really is, and like I said, I think it's becoming less and less nowadays. But um... You know, if you have a coalition of employees, I think it's there's a lot of power in having some numbers behind it. Um, and I don't mean just number of employees, but demonstrating what social impact, you know, companies in terms of, you know, how they're trading um, in the stock market and looking at, you know, things like that and just retention, period. Like companies that have vibrant social impact programs, um, their retention rates are just like sky like so much so far far above and beyond other companies um so this is some pretty compelling stats out there to share and it really depends on the executive you know it's what is their personality what are they going to respond to but what i would say is like sharing that information but getting them involved like that is like for an executive to see you know an organization that as a community of employees that you're supporting that you're passionate about and sharing that with them that's when I've seen kind of fireworks happen and things start to move forward and for there to be some 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 good movement when executives can actually be exposed to some of um, some of the amazing work that the employees are already doing seeing is believing yes and walking the walk it's so important all right, so last question before I let you go. So now, you've been doing this for some time now, social impact. What is the most fulfilling thing 
that you've experienced throughout your career? Oh, it's a tough one, Jeremy. Being in this work almost every day, I have a moment that I just think, oh my gosh, I am so fulfilled in this work. It's insane. I think it's in my community-based volunteering work. I think I'm going to pick two things. It's when I work with a team of girls every year through an organization called Technovation, and they identify a problem in their community, and they solve it by building an app. And to see the progress and the lights that go off for them and the promise of just things that they didn't even know were possible in the work world and the places that they could go potentially, that's, that's the stuff. I mean, that I would eat that up every day if I could. Um, so that's something. And then the other thing would be just seriously, almost on the daily, if not at least once a week, I have an employee come to me and say, well, if I have this idea about how I want to help the community and how do I make it happen? And these, like the innovation behind some of these ideas and just the dedication and heart and passion behind it coming from our employees is what gets me out of bed every day. It's just like, it's incredible incredible to see it and to help it come to life. So I would say, of course, my fulfillment comes from being in the community, first and foremost, and doing that work, especially with young people, but it also comes from the amazing brains of our Salesforce employees. They're just, I mean, one idea is more incredible than the next. Amazing. Well, Alyssa, that's all I have for you. So thank you so much for joining me and giving us a little peek inside of salesforce.org. Oh, it's been my joy and my pleasure. Thank you for asking me again. This episode is brought to you by Social Impact World, the exclusive community for social impact leaders. To learn more, go to www.socialimpactworld.com. I'm Jeremy Brown, and thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Behind the Impact.